According to a Time Magazine article, Texas has more than 300,000 illegal immigrants from Mexico and an average of 480,000 arrive every year, according to the Inter-American Development Bank. Numbers like these have driven states to pass laws addressing the challenges facing migrant workers with families, but others are trying to crack down on illegal immigration. Many books have been written which view the struggles of immigrants and the poverty and pain caused by globalization and free trade, showing that farmers are displaced from their land and families ripped apart. They also convey that people dying on the border at the hands of vigilantes, smugglers, or the elements and immigrants encounter exploitation, racism, and police brutality in the U.S. But if the main reason they came to the U.S. is to work, the focus should be the kind of jobs that are available to these workers and how many, if not all, violate principles of human and labor rights. Many people do not know that a vast number of the individuals from the displaced communities are practically enslaved in their own countries before they venture out to the U.S. If this is true, they are fleeing from one form of slavery to fall into another. The Universal Declaration of Human Rights in Article 23 mentions that, quote, everyone has the right to work, the free choice of employment, just and favorable conditions of work, and to protection against unemployment, end quote. Everyone, without any discrimination, has the right to equal pay for equal work as well as, quote, everyone who works has the right to just and favorable remuneration, ensuring for himself and his family an existence worthy of human dignity, and supplemented, if necessary, by other means of social protection, end quote. Exploitation is defined as the act of employing to the greatest possible advantage, as well as the utilization of another person or group for selfish purposes, such as profit. Organizations such as the Service Employment International Union have a theory that tries to change labor conditions, which they consider exploitative. Their agenda is to seek a better salary, better quality of work for all low-income people, not just immigrants. According to them, the reason behind unionizing the population is that there will be many benefits bringing about change, better salary, a better quality of work. The maximum percentage of union membership in 1953 was 35%. In 2001, it is it was only 13.5. Unions have to report to the BNRL, which enforces rules and laws and secures the possibility of organizing without intimidation. Traditional strategies to organize members are to gain the interests of the workers, have elections, gain a majority of votes, have negotiations, which in turn will bring about a suitable contract. According to Service Employment International Union, they have decided to pursue other tactics because of the currently lower number of members. Their strategy is more efficient. They do minority unionism. This is a strategy used by the ACLU in 1927 Chicago to gain a contract for their janitors. They call it to educate and organize and used the term association instead of union. One of its leaders, Ross Fitzgerald, who worked in unionizing home health and care workers and child care workers in Chicago, mentioned that they had no vacation, benefits, or rights. The situation of service employees is that they perform 
temporary work as subcontractors. They do not speak English and are fearful of immigration. Organizations like this one fight for them to receive benefits, full-time status, and job security. They usually work from 5 to 10 p.m., and they do difficult jobs as having to clean two or three floors in four hours. A campaign to unionize back in 2006 was successful as they were trying to get the people from the housekeeping industry better benefits. Unionizing has succeeded in many states. The companies who take advantage of these workers are Pritchard, Senators, ABM, OneSource, GCA, slash ABS, and the tactics used to bring about a strike in Houston in 2006 were the following. They went to a popular area called the Galleria, and they had the janitors of all the shopping malls um, protest. The Galleria is owned by Simon Properties, the owners of Mall of the Americas. The strategy for the Service Employees International Union was to find leaders in every building, unite them to participate in the event, create connections so they can find out how the building is structured, and they had a series of rallies for two weeks, which included protests and events. The organizers convinced the employees to get involved, reminding them of who has the power and money, and asked them to join the struggle. As EIU had trained organizers, emphasizing agitating the workers to win the support. They stressed the need to create commitment as they were getting involved in the rallies, protests, and finally the strike. Many of the tactics done by the union are not very ethical if you consider that the mostly uneducated migrants who joined them were not given all the information about the risks they, they would take and involved in the strike. Especially at the time they were striking, there was turmoil against illegal immigrants. One person affected by these tactics was Veronica Tawara, who was part of the negotiations team during the Service Employees International Union campaign for better wages, which turned into the strike. Veronica was an employee of one source, one of the companies that refused to give their part-time workers benefits or a raise. She was told many times that they did not deserve a raise. The lawyers of National Environmental Service companies expressed the workers were being paid enough. Veronica felt very strong about receiving pay vacation and longer work days, being unhappy about only getting limited hours. As they went on strike, they did not stop until they won the contract. They ended up receiving a three-year contract and an increase. The first year, their pay was only $5.15 an hour. It would go up to $5.70, and the second year, it would go to eight. Third year would go to 850. She mentioned during our interview, quote, I do not want to have to choose between taking my kids to the doctor or buying groceries. End quote. Veronica feels that their lifestyle is basically the same here than in her hometown. Quote, but over there everything you have is paid for. End quote. Her life in the US is better considering that there's better education for her children. One issue that she faced while in Mexico was there's no more work for women over 30. When she came to the U.S., she had to cross the border with her child clinging to her for he was afraid to have, for she was afraid somebody would take him away. Veronica's neck was hurt in the process of carrying him through the river as she passed through California. She mentioned, quote, For me, it's worth it because I have my kids with me. In Mexico, I had to work harder and was ill. Here, I recovered and able to work even if I only a few hours, end quote. In her opinion, quote, we have the same rights as humans 
beans anywhere we go. We would like to receive residency, but with the laws, the way they are, most likely we won't get it. End quote. One aspect that needs to be taken into account is how in the midst of their strike, she was placed in harm's way. Quote, I was shouting to let the rich clean. Suddenly a man came and hit me in the back with a closed fist, telling me to go back to Mexico, calling me a wetback. He also exclaimed, return to your farm. End quote. One of the organizers named Juan confronted him. The man was white, wearing a black sweater with stripes, with jeans, and he came after her only. During the same event as they held traffic in one of the main intersections of Houston, a vehicle tried to run her over. When this occurred, another man pulled her by her back, tearing it off from her. He insulted her, he also by saying, Get out of the way, stupid. Positive as the goals of striking are, the union was growing desperate as the weeks were going by. According to an article from La Voz newspaper named Is the Strike Successful? Only 1,700 out of the 5,300 employees joined their ranks in the first three weeks. Another example of someone's plight and exploitation is Astuberta Rodriguez's case. She had worked for 27 years, making originally $1.19 an hour. The unit is also very tight politically and is part of the political campaigns that the workers are not aware of using them to support candidates in issues that they have no knowledge of and not explain the significance of them. One campaign is, the, is to intimidate policy makers. Lisa Govia, who worked in SEIU, feels that there is a humanitarian crisis in, the, in Latin America because of the established classes, different races, economic status, language traditions that have been clashing with one another. Quote, people's attitude mode of living and lack of inclusion leads them to intense suffering. Their needs come from economic strife, which is created by society, but they come looking for economic relief, having a misconception about all the benefits you can enjoy in this country, which has better system that, but is not perfect, end quote. She also mentioned that Americans need to remember that originally people who found this country were fleeing from persecution. They were sick of taxation and many ex-prisoners were sent to build the country. Quote, the founding fathers said that equality and freedom should be the foundation of this country. We're all obliged to live by the Constitution and abide by the law. Immigrants only have broken the law of entrance. We are bound to help them because of the humanitarian reasons. End quote. She's concerned that their contributions to the national economy are not being considered, especially they're paying taxes through sales taxes. She feels that they follow the law in every other aspect than immigration and pay income tax that they are not a drain to society. Quote, In no way is a group of people that are contributing to the economy a social terrorist. The government knows they are open because we need them. We have an open-door policy regarding the borders. Immigrants come prepared to save their money. They do not live off the system. They have their own businesses, and they are full of ambition. By renting a restaurant or starting landscape service. End quote. She insists that the borders remain open because we need laborers. The U.S. invented social and economic status being a capitalist nation. They give preferential treatment to the rich. There are no real and sensible immigration laws. Her work in education field, as well as in unions and political campaigns, have made her appreciate social service organizations, for they provide services that are worthwhile in the long run. Unions, by improving wages and helping them get benefits, are doing a great service helping improve economic status. Ms. Segovia was very honest about the campaign she was involved in. Quote, The strategies and tactics are not always the best, or refine 
Organizations like ACORN are in great need for organizational training and administrative training for their employees. When I compared what I have seen in the educational field, like in San Antonio's Teachers Union, where I was involved as a member as part of the negotiations committee. End quote. Sociology of unionism needs to be considered for, according to Cesar Chavez, the leader of the immigrant workers of the 60s, people should not be rem- romantic about the poor and not feel bad about them not having resources to pledge their membership fees to the union. Because of the, the moment they give their money, they are accountable to them. This approach is taught by organizations such as SEIU. They organize urban workers who are farmers in their countries. This is difficult for they are distrustful of unions because their government programs in their home countries were always corrupt. In the book The Working Poor by David K. Shipler, it speaks of how, quote, in the fields of North Carolina, the immigrants are driven by Mexico's destitution and drawn by America's promise. They are indentured to coyotes and contratistas. They are warehoused in squalor and paid a pittance by growers, by wholesalers, supermarket chains, and by shoppers who enjoy low prices for the cucumbers and tomatoes the migrants harvest. One of Acorn's organizers, David Flores, was the son of an immigrant farmer. He always speak, he always spoke about his experience in the fields as a child and how his family stood up against farmers. A situation when they did not want to pay them for their labor. His father came during the Bracero program. Many findings about the plight of workers are addressed by the United States and the Department of State. When it comes down to other countries, they are very concerned about showing the exploitation which takes place in other countries more than the national trends. According to Matt Miller, an ex-coyote, a migrant smuggler, quote, the U.S. government knows the amount of people that die crossing the border. They allow their deaths by allowing only so many to cross that can be used as cheap labor in this country, end quote. As we deal with the root causes in one part of the issue, as we deal with the root causes in one part of the issue of immigration is the protection of victims of smuggling and trafficking. Most consider the mental health of the victims. By immigrants being labeled as parasite society, their trauma is exacerbated. Many immigrants, especially children, undergo all kinds of injustices. The Mexican government estimates that 20,000 children are sexually exploited. This is a 2005 figure. Dr. Jewett Lewis Herman, a psychiatrist at Harvard Medical School, feels that the repeated trauma in childhood forms a and deforms the personality, end quote. According to Carlos Orlando, no matter how many traumatic experiences migrants go through, most do not fit the refugee status because they not leave their country to save their lives and integrity. The UN claims that the right to asylum may not be invoked in the case of persecutions generally arising from non-political crimes and from acts contrary to the purposes and principles of the United Nations. As Magali Chandler feels that the U.S. has a responsibility to its people because, quote, there have been instances where our own countries are involved in exacerbating the problem which they faced and they made them flee. She also said, quote, they are deserving of help, especially considering our own government's involvement. However, unintentionally, in displacing individuals, one example are the death squads and the government military leaders trained at the School of the Americas here in the U.S. and our military's involvement in training Honduras. Our government's involvement in Nicaragua through the years. Statistics show that the U.S. takes less than 1% of the world's refugees. If exploitation and victimization are crimes against humanity, 
Is it possible that these victims who live in the U.S. to be granted asylum, having the same rights as someone who's allowed to enter the U.S. as a refugee? Ms. Chandler has helped many Central Americans qualified as asylees, people who meet the designation of refugee who made it to the U.S. and they applied for asylum. Luis Mora mentioned that in the southern border of Mexico, 70% of immigrants suffer some kind of violence and 60% some kind of sexual abuse. At the same time, distinctions need to be made so that they will not be stigmatized and not to punish the victims rather than the criminals. Some scholars consider that illegality is not something intrinsic but a temporary circumstance. Quote, people are only in an illegal situation. End quote. The Universal Declaration of Human Rights says that, quote, whereas an essential, if man is not to be compelled to have recourse, as a last resort to rebellion against tyranny and oppression, the human rights should be protected by the rule of law, end quote. But as people are repatriated or deported, is done without due protection and without any assurance of reintegration in their societies of origin. The psychology of the victim needs to be considered because if they go through the forced displacement, they suffer of many physical and mental issues. The abuses against these displaced communities have to be broken down, as the individual crimes they go through, rape being one of them. While immigrant women are already isolated from their families, when raped they are reduced instantly from a person to an object, property, flesh, and vessel. The woman is separated even further from any comfort. Kurt Weiss and Sandra Borges feel that the victimization needs to be considered as both a term and a concept with regards to the processes that take place before, during, and after the event simultaneously render the victim defenseless and even partly responsible for it. The victim-offender's relationship conveys social patterns and processes and interaction that lead to initiation, maintenance, exacerbation, or resolution of conflict. The social causes of the crime are seldomly addressed. Most governments are more interested in fighting criminals rather than crime, they lose sight of the victims and the sociological findings and theories on social responsibility of the conditions in which crimes arises. Victimology has become the study of crime causation through the victims. The development has given rise to racist attitudes towards African Americans who are considered to have victim self-image. The image has been implanted through ongoing victimization. In the other hand, the sociology of deviance, with the strong emphasis on labeling theory and the creation of secondary deviance through societal response, has led to the assumption that the deviant person falls victim to the agents of social control. Within the immigration debate, it is often the case that in the need for consonance and harmony, normal people to fabricate victim-damning stories that would justify the victimization and diminish any guilt feelings they have for lack of compassion or public action to stop or prevent victimization. Another factor that is always the case is that the inferior social status of victims is usually the deciding factor in determining who is a legitimate victim. So there is less compassion shown towards the, per, towards the poor and downcast in many cases because they are considered unimportant. Currently, it is considered that the types of traumatic experiences often involved in human trafficking are so traumatic that they are impact brain functioning and behavior. It's according to Project Reach Psychological Trauma and Human Trafficking Trauma Center presentation in 2006. Robert Navarro Nino, a Venezuelan psychoanalyst who worked with victims of torture when she was a social worker in her home country, explains that many of her clients who seek political refuge in the U.S. 
they wait for the overthrow of the dictatorship which has been in place, suffer of post-traumatic issues because of the torture they went through. According to her, immigrants take the risk of being killed and raped as they flee oppressive systems. She labels immigrants as two types, the one who sees their risk as connected to life, fighting against all odds, and the one that takes it as connected to death. They feel that at least they will die trying. They develop a suicidal attitude. She also feels that the complex question regarding the criminal activity of immigrants has to be has not to be generalized. Quote, Violence and crime do not take place because of the trauma they go through. Not all victims are aggressors. End quote. Her theory is that the crime comes from an influential culture where a criminal gets his training. There he is taught not to respect the lives of others. Humans have the tendency to destruction and to violence that needs to be subjugated. Quote, it is hard to transmit this socialization, but immigrants are not trying to harm others. 90% of them are, are just trying to survive. End quote. Ms. Navarro feels that social service organizations do help. Without them, it would be worse. With the recent illegal immigration debate, many people have been pulled to opposing sides of the argument. A realistic approach to the undocumented immigration of masses can only be assessed if we look at the U.S. government's programs that are already in place. One organization that works as contractor for the Health and Human Services Department's Office of Refugee Resettlement is Southwest Key. This uh, organization has been lately in the news where there's been cases of child molestation in some of their facilities, and there's also been issues of poor treatment of, of the children. They portray themselves as caretakers of the undocumented minors who were detained by Immigration and Naturalization Services as they wait for the court hearing regarding the charges of being in the U.S. illegally. These type of residential treatment centers or shelters were established after the Flores v. Reno decision that in 1990 provided youths in the process of deportation the opportunity to be housed in shelters rather than in jail as they waited for the process to take place. These children are mostly Central and South America and range in backgrounds from street kids from El Salvador to victims of human trafficking from Honduras. Kathy Coons, who worked for, for Child Protective Services for two years and Children Crisis Care Center for three years. She conveys that many immigrant children were placed in foster homes based on the biases of the Child Protective Services officials. One factor mentioned by her is that CPS hires young people right out of college who only see the position as an opportunity to get their feet wet and by CPS not providing much of a pay incentive, they move on to better paying jobs. Workers are usually overwhelmed and lack proper training and cultural sensitivity. While serving the community, workers do not ask for the immigration status clients, but there are many language misunderstandings. And caseworkers have much power to affect the family one way or the other. The procedure is the following. They go to a house if they consider it to be a neglected household after assessing the situation to their own values. They go to a supervisor asking for the children to be removed. Many times they do not understand forms of discipline from other nations. Sometimes emotional abuse has to be validated with physical or extreme trauma, but it's always dependent on how you present the case to the supervisor who can make or break the case. Some supervisors think that, that every kid should go into custody. If these children are here illegally, this affects them later on, for legal status is never addressed. Coons feels that immigration itself is a crisis, 
as every variable needs to be taken into consideration, such as limited resources. Ms. Coons considers immigration an ethical and moral problem because immigrant families have greater numbers of extended family population growth has to be taken into account. Another factor is that is tellingly investigated is the allegation against Border Patrol agents have increased, have been investigated for corruption and mishandling of criminal activity. In conclusion, the victimization of displaced communities expressed in grave social ills as human trafficking and labor exploitation are the many repercussions of an ongoing humanitarian crisis which affects millions of people from all walks of life. Tied to these issues are the immigration trends and policies. One of the organizations mentioned before, ACORN, which is now defunct, claimed at the time of this project that they can bring about immigration reform with activities such as increasing voter registration and participation, providing grassroots education workshops, having coalition participation, and targeting key legislators. But to change immigration, a change in regards to humanitarian issues and criminal capitalistic enterprises that give rise to human trafficking, exploitation, and victimization of these communities needs to come about. Also, the history of state-sponsored terror and how human rights violations which have occurred in the Americas from colonial times, as well as the repercussions, are hard issues to be dealt with, especially in Guatemala where they are still recovering from the diverse revolutions of the 1980s, and are working in rebuilding their nation after the aftermath of war. Based on the data, a comprehensive program to assist victims must be set in place, as they brought back their dignity, the rehabilitation and resocialization of these communities is important. This will not be easy with the developments of stricter immigration laws, as well as the collaboration among agencies that only see issues with a law enforcement perspective. In the fall of 2006, it was announced in Houston a new procedure by the Houston Police Department. Everyone who is arrested will be asked about their legal status and their immigration record will be part of the same database as criminal one. This is interesting because according to Police Chief Harold Hutt in an interview by 90.1 KPFD Radio, quote, most crimes are committed by American citizens or nationals, end quote. The Police Department opposed the resolutions before they were enacted, fearing that, that something like this will affect their obligation to provide protection to everyone under their jurisdiction, regardless of their legal status. Congressman Culberson, who is now retired, was able to mandate the local enforcement of federal law by threatening reduced federal funding of police departments to pay for, a new, for new immigration programs. Ms. Navarro, mentioned previously, feels that the government has to do a lot with not addressing immigration issues and criminal activity. Quote, Democracies are great, but... The fallacies happen when administrations change, then everything is forgotten, especially the immigration issues which have been going on for 50 years. In reality, the U.S. is not as efficient as they claim. Their administration is flawed, end quote. Some people see that the solutions to immigration are an informed and transparent system of emissions of labor migration, an approach to migration managed based on legal principles, the enforcement of minimum standards and conditions of employment at the national level, a plan of action against discrimination and xenophobia, and institutional mechanisms of consultation and coordination. However, according to Coons, the conservation of the sociobiology is what worries people more than racist attitudes. According to Ms. Chandler, I believe that everyone within our borders should be protected by our Constitution and given due process. 
Of course, we should also abide by the international humanitarian laws, and we should be a good example for the rest of the world, providing human rights to all, end quote. Ms. Segovia, a native Texan who has a Mexican heritage, conveyed the following, quote, The border wall is, is a nonsensical solution. When there is an economic need, people are going to do whatever it takes to survive. If the people are the government, like the Constitution says, we are guilty of of their debts. The government is willing to look the other way as people die and the public are choosing to be ignorant. End quote. She thinks that education is the key for educational institutions as government agencies have responsibility to observe a holistic approach, nurturing citizens to be humanitarian and brotherly. This is important for a socialization of all people. Many times immigrants when they come to the U.S. end up in worse circumstances than when they came. They do not want to go back in the feed. They decide rather to stay and focus in providing education for their children. This research project attests to the fact that no matter how hard the circumstances might be, many situations in the home countries of these immigrants are less favorable than the plight they face in the U.S.